The following program is underwritten in part by Schmidt's Naturals. Smell seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. Created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, 5% of each purchase goes to animals in the wild. Learn more and pick up your stick now at schmitz.com. The following program is also underwritten in part by... My dog Annie recently broke her leg. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And thank you so much, big guy. You might want to try asserts, by the way. Coming up on today's show, if you've ever lost your pet, ever, and let's face it, we, I have, I Anybody else in the studio? I've loser? never. You've lost, never lost a pet. I've never lost a pet. Really? Yes, and I've had pets all my life. Lori, have you ever lost a pet? I have. I've had them dig sure. out underneath the fence. Okay. Yep. Okay. Escape, Doctor Debbie. Oh wait, and I and I had a separation anxiety. Chow, who jumped through a window. Okay, so two uh-huh. lost pets. At, uh, wow. Yeah. Well, you make up for me because I've I've never had to go through that. Really. So I, yeah, mm. I've been very fortunate, but uh, okay, okay. Well, I don't, I don't have as many animals as Laura either. <laughs> sure, and just because it's you. never happened to you doesn't mean it isn't going to happen to you. So true. We're going to talk to a lady today. This is her first interview on radio. In fact, I think this is her first interview altogether. Is that correct, Judy? It is. She's making herself. She's coming out publicly. And the reason being is she finds lost and stolen pets, and apparently wow. she. She, uh, the theft rings don't like her very much. And so she feared a little bit for her life and her animals, and she really didn't want to become a public figure. She has told us that she will do her first radio interview with us today. And that's in just a few minutes right here. We should be very honored. What she's doing, she has a business that helps you find animals. And she uses uh, social media resources like Facebook and uh, Craigslist and all these resources to help find your pet if they're lost or stolen. So uh, stick around for that in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. And uh, we'll also go to the phones, one 405 8405 for your calls. Go ahead and uh, call now. Judy will get you queued up. At the bottom of the hour, we do a news check with Miss Lori Brooks. What's up this hour? I uh, found some fascinating new research about cats. And uh, I, I suppose it will absolutely shatter what has always been mine, and I think it's your believe how that that cats always go to the one in the room who doesn't like cats yep yeah they've done some research cats aren't as aloof as you think we'll tell you all about it okay before we get things started here i see that the uh hills canned food dog food has been their recall has been expanded yeah again due to vitamin d yeah there's uh 44 varieties of canned dog foods manufactured by hills and now Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Hills exclusively found or mostly found by prescription at veterinarians? No, actually, there's two different kind of families of that. So there's the prescription line of food that is sold exclusively through veterinary offices. Um, 
or in some of the different online pharmacies. And then there's the kind of what I call the over-the-counter foods. So the Hills brand versus the Science Diet. So, oh, okay. yeah. So there's different, different varieties. And I think that the recall does affect canned foods on both the prescription side as well as the um, non-prescription side of foods. The recall first occurred in January of this year, and then uh, the FDA requested that Hills test samples of food it had produced that were not part of the original recall. And after Hills conducted that testing, it led to an expanded recall as of March 20th. And we put the list of all the foods over at our website. It is only dog food at this point. So it doesn't affect the cat food. If you have any of this food, obviously don't continue feeding it. You can return it to your store, but you should you should definitely discontinue feeding these foods to your pets. The FDA is also asking the help of veterinarians who suspect that uh, this toxicity might be a part of an illness. Because I guess you'd be on the front line, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, I mean, the you know, basically we're watching for signs of kidney disease. And, and some of that can be very subtle, like vomiting, diarrhea, or not eating. Um, and then other things that fit more typically with drinking a lot, um, weight loss, um, or a pet that might be hospitalized for kidney disease all of a sudden. Oh. We would want to inspect and kind of question back what, what kind of diet are we eat, eating or what kind of food are you feeding right now. One of the hor- horrific things about this recall, though, is like Dr. Debbie was saying, you know, watch out for kidney disease because that has been in linked to too much vitamin D. And some of the food that is being recalled is actually kidney. a kidney diet. <laughs> yes. oh, right. Oh, yeah. How horrible. Yeah. And then some of the foods are for pets that have um, digestive problems as well. So if those pets were to have vomiting, you might not say, oh, it's the food. You might say, oh, this is the same problem we've always been dealing with. So I think it does add a layer of extra concern sure. to pet owners that, and, and veterinarians as well. It's it's disturbing. And I think, um, you know, I think a lot of the public is, you know, concerned. You know, we want the answers. We want to know, you know, is everything else okay? And I think that's, you know, we want that reassurance and that they're looking into it and, um fixing it it's like finding out your aspirin has a side effect of headaches on the, on the <laughs> yeah. vitamin vitamin d toxicity which is why it's being recalled how does too much vitamin d get into food with food um there are different minerals and vitamins that are supplemented to to any kind of diet ration uh-huh. um for pets um so if that dietary ration, if that say, it's like a premix, a vitamin premix that may be used across the board in different diets. So, and this is how some of these other brands that um, foods that have crossed um, different brands in the past, how that can affect different companies is because if everyone's using the same premix or the same source for that premix, then they can have, you know, their own foods affected by it. So that's really where that, um, where I understand the problem lies was within the vitamin premix. I guess this whole thing's pissed off some vets too, huh? Well, mostly because, you know, the company in itself, the, the first wave of information was very, uh, we were kind of out of the loop. <laughs> you know, protective like, of the company. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I didn't get any emergency faxes, emails, or anything as a business owner. Um, this second release, they did release direct to the veterinarian, but it was kind of like, oh, we got to watch the news or, you know, turn on some of the social media things to get the information. Well, so that that's what we expected more, I think, for that. Okay. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie right now, toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, who's this? Hello, this is Richard. Hey, Richard, how are you doing today? Hey, great. Well, I wanted to tell you how to get rid of fleas. How to get rid of fleas. We've been having a lot of flea hey. calls. This is Richard's take on how to get rid of fleas. How do you get rid of fleas, Richard? 
All right, perfect. No poisons, no that. No, you don't poison everybody in the house. Don't spend anything. Um, you, I have a. We were living down at the beach. This has been twenty years ago, though. Uh-huh. That was the last time I had them. They're pretty bad and, down uh, at the beach. Oh my God! Anyway, we uh, um, they were uh, we just doing everything everybody else does, trying to get rid of them. And uh, my daughter picks it anyway. Winds up there with a, a dog in the house. So uh, we had a four model TV, and uh, she wanted to leave the four model TV on so he could the dog could see his plate of water she left for him. Well, that's nice. Without that's that considerate of her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we did that, and I muted the TV. I slept in there, and um, the next morning, the pie pan, with all the lights out now, except that television running, uh, that pie pan was, you couldn't see the bottom of it because of the fleas on top. Uh Uh-huh, I see. Okay, here's how you get a fifth of them, all right, and... uh, I kept doing that until they quit appearing. Okay, so let me make sure I have this straight. You had a pie tin? Is that what you were talking about? Water. A pie tin? I would assume any type of pan, but uh, she put put the water in a um, pie pan. And put it next to the TV? In front of the TV. Yeah, right. She was floor model TV, right up under the TV, (laughs) right beside of it. Well, that's creative. Hey, Richard, you guys have created a, a really kind of unique spin on what we call a flea trap. And um, this is this is something that's actually a lot of the uh, veterinary um, dermatologists and um, insect specialists recommend. Um, they don't necessarily incorporate the TV, which is kind of a cool little spin you've done, but using a, a low pie pan pie pan, uh, which is a low uh, threshold, so we know the fleas can kind of get in there easily, mm-hmm. and a, a direct light source shining into that site, which attracts the fleas to the area. Is it the light or is it the heat that attracts? Or is it both? It's a little bit of both, really. Um, so when that shines into that area, it's just kind of a, a place that draws them. So yeah, you're kind of selectively removing the adult form of the fleas. You're not doing anything for those immature forms, but um, you know, in the next couple of weeks, you'll have more fleas that'll be popping out that uh, will, will hopefully be jumping in your pool <laughs> and watching some TV at the same time. I know it works every time. Yeah, uh, I've got a friend of mine down here a couple of years ago, and. Uh, I put her TV on the floor, and uh, it took care of hers the same way. Put the uh, uh, what was a different type of pan, but uh, <laughs> and it could be any program pan. too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Make them watch some infomercials. I'm sure that'll really put them out of their misery. <laughs> uh, well, all the lights out in the house except that TV, and I had it on mute. Leave it all night. And hello, Dolly. Yeah, well, that's right. cool. That's a very good idea, Richard. I got to try this. Give that a try. Now, I would imagine that the newer TVs, the uh, LCD TVs, probably yeah. aren't. Well, I don't know if it's all light, but they're not as hot, so it may not work with some of the newer LCD TVs yeah. or flat panels. So you need probably one of those uh, older ones. But a great idea, Richard. Thanks for calling. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 
Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, everybody, this is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say you, right now, want to take, wait, give me the line again. My brain skipped. Uh, Brett Michaels. I just have one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me. Go ahead. Animal Radio. Brett Michaels Animal Radio. You got it. I knew the Animal Radio. Like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels. You're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets. They will rock your world. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You are uh, quite the multitasker, Judy. She is taking care of all these phone lines ringing. How do you deal with them? And you don't, I didn't even see you take any notes there. You like know who's on each line. Each, you know, I've been doing it for years. In fact, I started out as a secretary many, many years ago, and we didn't have all this technology, so you kind of had to remember things. Remember and those do things. things. Huh? Yes. So I was, yeah, I'm very good at it. She is very smart and also has a very good memory and never, ever play trivia with Judy. <laughs> yeah. yeah she We've learned that lesson, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was so cocky. I was like, I'm so good at trivia. And then I just like, I fell on my face. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so which one are we going to? We're going to go to line two. Okay. In just a couple of seconds here, line two. Hang on. Judy has designated you as next here at Animal Radio. Uh, Lori, what are you working on for news? Um, you know how pet food stores always say, you know, pets are welcome. Bring your, your pets in. So one couple's like, Hey, we have a really big pet. Let's see if we can get away with this. This is probably the biggest pet that's ever been in a big pet store. Uh, big story. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's another thing from happy hour. I think these people decided, hey, let's do this. And we'll find out what it is in just a couple of minutes. I don't want to give it away because you know I will. Uh, and line two. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Santa Ana, California. How can we help you today? Um, I'm going to be getting a Pekingese puppy, and I was just wondering, what type of food would you feed it? Because I haven't raised one of those type of dogs before. Okay. What's your experience been in dogs? Um, I've had poodles, and I've had an Afghan, and I've had a Samoy dog okay. years ago. All right. Well, the good thing and the good news is they're very similar with some minor changes for small dogs. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of the special concerns we might have for small dogs are going to be on the uh, size of the um, kibble Mm -hmm. and are going to be concerns with uh, hypoglycemia. And size of the kibble basically being that a lot of times for the smaller breeds of dogs, we will go Uh to the small bite variety of foods. Uh Um, Just a little easier for their little mouths to deal with and not as large to worry about so much of a choking hazard. Uh 
The other thing is I mentioned hypoglycemia, and this is more for small breeds or even so much the toy breeds, the really mini breeds. Um, when they're young, we get concerned that if they are not eating on a regular timeline, that they can actually have a very serious drop in their blood sugar. And it's not always caused by something that you're doing wrong. It just can happen in some of these dogs. So um, for small breeds of dogs, and I'd include a Pekingese mix in the that, would be to make sure that we are feeding at least three times a day. And any change in appetite, um, anything digestively, we, we take that very seriously in these little ones because we just can't let them run that risk of getting hypoglycemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do you know how old the pup is? It was just born like about a month ago. Okay, fabulous. So we're going to have a youngin then. And a lot of times as you're starting off with the new puppy, you know, if they're six weeks, seven, eight weeks of age, a lot of times I'll even moisten their food um, or give canned food. Um, not a huge canned food fan as a long-term thing, but sometimes for pups, just as we're transitioning them and getting them comfortable um, into a dog food, um, we'll do that. My preference is to take a kibble and moisten it with warm water um, because then I feel like you're not really even going went into that canned food and hopefully you won't have that that fussy picky dog that says uh-uh, I'm not going to take dry food now I only want that smelly canned food stuff which costs more mom um, mm-hmm. so I just try to avoid it if I can um, as far as brands for food um, my recommendations are to find what your dog likes stick with major brands um, and those that have good solid nutritional histories so what did you feed your previous pets it's been so long ago that I had those. It was like when I was real young. Uh-huh. And I don't remember. Yeah. I remember feeding the Gainsburg, the little Gainsburger. Oh, that's what we fed my dog when I was a kid, and I've learned better since then. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, the semi-moist foods, if we can stick to more of a dry food, um, you'll have more consistent dietary health. So I, I generally, there's a lot of brands that I'm fans of. I would say look for the small bite varieties. And, um, and then keep that in mind as far as the frequency of feedings that you'd want to go to. Um, but, yeah, I'm not really big into, like, you know, having a single preference on foods. I, I very much like to adapt it to the individual pet and to their health conditions if there's anything going on there. And then when, how many months should they be before you get a, get a female spade? Okay, yeah. Um, most cases we will spay at six months of age. Um, in some areas of the country, they may have, in, like in Las Vegas here, we have an early spay-neuter law. So by f- between four to six months is typically where they'll require that to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, as a puppy, though, you're going to have some other things before then to address. We start mm-hmm. vaccinations at six weeks in puppies. Mm-hmm. Start vaccinating, deworming, and checking those poop samples for parasites for uh, their protection as well as yours. And mm-hmm. then we'll usually do that um, until they're about four months of age. So you'll have generally monthly visits there um, through the puppyhood time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of good stuff to cover and go yeah. over. And I know, I know. Yeah. And, and all the, the, the puppy training and the potty training, oh my goodness, we could just talk for hours here, couldn't we? <laughs> I know, I know. Stephanie, I have some uh, food samples for you to try. We'll send out your way if you hold on for a second and we'll get your information. Thanks for your call. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Kensington Books, inspired by true stories of cats who have been caught stealing from humans. It's The Secret Life of Mac by Melinda Metz. 
It's a hilarious, heartwarming novel about an adorable klepto kitty with a passion for thievery and a sideline in helping the humans in his life find the love they deserve. The Secret Life of Mac by Melinda Metz is available everywhere books are sold, and you can learn more at kensingtonbooks.com. Thanks, Kensington, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1 866 405 8405. If you've ever shared your home and heart with a charmingly naughty animal who's always up to mischief, you'll fall in love with MacGyver, the matchmaking klepto kitty in The Secret Life of Mac by Melinda Metz. Hilarious and heartwarming, this possum romantic comedy will have you laughing out loud as Mac the thieving tabby steals your heart. The Secret Life of Mac by Melinda Metz is on sale now. Everywhere books are sold. Visit kensingtonbooks.com for more info. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. According to a new study at Oregon State University, and it was published in the journal Behavioral Processes, cats are friendlier and more interested in humans than you would think. In the very first phase of this experiment, a total of 46 cats were studied, 23 of them at a shelter, and the other half were studied in their own home. A stranger sat in the middle of the room for this study and ignored the cat for two minutes before spending the next two showering them with all kinds of great attention. The second experiment followed the exact same protocol, though with their guardians paying them the attention and not the strangers. Regardless of who it was, they found cats are more social when humans pay attention to them. In fact, in both groups, the cats spent significantly more time with people who were paying attention to them than with people who ignored them. So there goes my theory that the cat always goes to the one who ignores it because that's what I always thought. That's exactly what I thought. You know, the people that don't don't like cats, the cat goes right on over to them because they're... Starts wrapping themselves around their legs and marking them, yep. So they say territory is key to cats. Anyone who has a cat, you know, cats generally prefer to be at home uh, with a stranger than be with their owner in a foreign place, right? Territory for dogs, though, much less important. Dogs prefer to be around their owner more than anything, wherever they are. In fact, treating cats like dogs, experts say, is likely the main reason that many people don't understand cats and their behaviors. And as cat guru Jackson Galaxy always says, perhaps subconsciously, we look at cats through dog-colored glasses. (laughs) He may be right. Well, the Tombot puppy, it is the latest therapy robot pet to offer that kind of wonderful, unconditional, can't get enough of love that dogs are known to give. The golden Labrador retriever robot pup, it will bark, wag its tail, it responds to touch and provides emotional support, mostly to seniors, people who can't have pets or people with dementia. And it is in the funding phase now on Kickstarter. It's very interesting. It's already reached its goal. It was only $20,000, the goal, but they've come pretty far. Tombot's creators wanted the robot to look and behave as close as they could get it to a real dog. So this was genius. They enlisted the help of Muppets creator Jim Henson's Creature Shop for the design. Hmm. 
I mean, starting out at the top. Yeah. So the the good news is not only is Tombot super cute, it's much more affordable than other robotic pets for those with dementia. Uh, other robot pets start out at around $2,900, and Tombot is a lot more affordable. It's supposed to retail for about 500 bucks when it launches, and right now we hear they're shooting for a target date of August of next year. But if you if you were to do a Kickstarter and you know join in the Kickstarter, we're we're not endorsing that because that's a financial decision and it's up to you if something happens. But their their Kickstarter offer is two ninety nine, so say three hundred bucks, which is phenomenal. Huh. And then and, that gets you one of these things. Yes. Yeah. And if you look at the price comparison, it's it's a no brainer. And if you can afford that. It would be so great for somebody with dementia to have this because I've known, um, having been a hospice nurse, I've worked in many homes before that long-term care facilities, and some of the residents would walk around with a baby doll that they thought was absolutely a real baby. You see, imagine I, a dog like this that moves and yeah. responds. And I, I don't know. I never got it, but now that I see that it would be for a dementia for patient dementia. who doesn't know that it's not a real dog. And have you ever right. seen the pictures of those animals that are actually owned by people with dementia? They forget about them. They forget to feed them. The dogs oh, yeah, I guess, starve. They yep. they 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 show their ribs. They don't understand. So this is a good so way this to. Is a, I think I, this is excellent. Okay, yes. I'm on good board, points, Judy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, don't be surprised next time you happen to pop off to one of the big box stores at the different type of animals that you'll see the next time, maybe a, a Petco, like this one in Texas. Uh, this couple recently tested this Petco's policy that all leashed pets are welcome. You've seen that. Yeah. So they brought in their 1,600-pound uh, longhorn steer. <laughs> and, on a leash. Um, on a leash, of course. Uh, of and course. his name was Oliver. He's he's well-trained. But he has these massive horns. I mean, they measured, and it's nine and a half feet from end to end for his Jeez. horns. So he had to, you know, kind of negotiate, navigate rather, through the door. It was quite a sight. He's, mm. of course, a social media phenomenon now. But if you want to check it out, it definitely... I saw the video online of that... Uh... <laughs> bull being escorted through the pet coat. Amazing. Were his horns enormous? I mean, just, I had, when I was in 4-H as a child, um, trying to train my steer Hercules, who was named Hercules for a reason. He was very strong, but trying to teach him to, to walk around the backyard so he would eventually be able to go into the show ring. It was a circus every day. Did you succeed? I, uh, no, I really, I, I was, I was a miserable failure. For, so I have a lot of respect for, for those kids who can do that. I was not successful, Judy. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1-866-405-8405. Welcome to the show, Nancy. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderfully. How are you? Very good. Very good. You sound very... Where are you calling from today that you're so darn happy? Um, I'm calling from North Carolina. Everybody from North Carolina, they all seem happy when they call. Have you noticed that, Judy? It, it must be the South, you know. What's going on with your pets? Well, I have a question about those uh, soft claws for cats, and I don't know if I'm using the right word, that you okay. put on the claws of a cat so it doesn't scratch the furniture. Yes, pros and yes. cons. 
Okay. Have you tried them before? Are you looking into possibly getting into this for your kitty? Um, I have not tried them, but yes, we're, I'm combining households um, with my new husband, and mm-hmm. my cat will be coming with me, of course, and uh, we we have fine furniture, and there's also a declawed cat that this cat will be sharing a household with, so I don't want any uh, problems with um, that situation as well. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So, okay. yeah, so... Soft paws, soft claws, there's different names and different brands out there. But basically what they are are little vinyl caps. So what we basically do with those is we trim the kitty's nails and find the appropriate size uh, nail cap and then use a special adhesive glue to put that on the nail to keep that from snagging and hopefully getting into problems around the house, whether it's scratching or uh, scratching furniture or other kitties or people or what have you. Um, so, yes, I, I do think there's a certain place for these items. I personally, as a veterinarian, am very frustrated with them um, just because in many cases I'm the one that puts those on. Um, but at the, at the household level, they are wonderful. Um, You just have to be patient and you have to be diligent about staying up with these. So the downside is that I see that these claws, uh, the soft paws can come off frequently and I'm a kind of busy lady. I don't do my nails and I find it hard to do cat's (laughs) nails. So um, for me, that's the biggest downside is that it's a time management thing of staying up with this, making sure you keep the nails trimmed because as the nail grows, the cap will fall off. So you just okay. you have to be faithful and diligent about about that way. But other than that, um, I don't have a lot of other cons about it. The the definite pros about it are that hopefully we can avoid things like declawing, scratching furniture, scratching people, um, and getting into trouble in that in that regard. So uh, right. there's so right. many benefits of it. I would not hesitate to try it. Um, I just would say keep your patience intact. And it depends on the kitty. Some cats are real squeamish about having their toes messed with. Um, if your kitty's good about having toenail trims then there's not a reason not to try it um, and, and it's generally well tolerated okay that's a that's good to know now would you suggest perhaps that I go to a veterinarian for the first time around to learn technique is that probably uh, a good yep. thing to do sounds like it Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. And and the common thing is I see a lot of people don't trim cat's nails properly. So we want to make sure we're trimming them short enough that it's meaningful, but not too short that we're going to hurt the kitty. So I think making sure we've got good nail trim technique down is very important. That's the starting point. Then it's just a matter of kind of eyeballing, finding the right size cap, and knowing what size we're going to need to keep on the kitty's nails. Um, So yeah, I I do like to, and I I make fun because it is frustrating as a veterinarian because, you know, we have other things to do. So I usually have my technicians take care of this little detail. You know, I can do my surgery or playing with the birds or or what have you around here. Do Um, you have a scratching post? um, I'm going to get one. What we're doing is combining households. So, yes, um, I'm going to have several scratching posts. And it's really not the furniture damage. I just don't want the declawed cat whom is adopted, and we did not declaw him. Or the, my other cat hurting that cat initially, yeah. until everybody gets to be a happy, happy cat, Good. a North Carolina happy cat. Good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your call. Good luck. If you have problems, give us a call back. We do follow-ups. Uh, 
great. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Schmidt's Naturals. Smells seriously amazing and support animal conservation with Schmidt's special edition Lily of the Valley Natural Deodorant. It was created in collaboration with the Jane Goodall Institute, and 5% of each purchase supports animals in the wild. It's at Whole Foods Markets and Schmitz.com. And thanks, Schmitz, for underwriting Animal Radio. Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet. This portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Kensington Books. Cozy up with your furry friend and a great read. Like Something Worth Saving by Sandy Ward, it's a wonderfully touching and surprisingly funny story of a fiercely loyal cat named Lily and the unbreakable bond she shares with her human. Clever and observant, Lily knows that you don't have to be the biggest or the strongest to fight for the ones you love. You can find Something Worth Saving everywhere books are sold and learn more at sandywardbooks.com. Thanks, Kensington, for underwriting Animal Radio. Are we going to Steve? Yes. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Well, I got a question for you then, Dr. Debbie. All right, I'm ready for you. <laughs> I got a 14-year-old Shepherd Husky. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's what everybody says. Hmm. That's that's very impressive for a larger breed dog. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, I definitely believe in spoiling them and taking good care of them. But the problem so- with them, other than he has a little stiffness in his hind legs but he's on glucosamine for the past year and he seems to be doing okay but i started him on a canine aspirin regimen also once a day mm, uh, not a fan of that well, go ahead. <laughs> i'm trying to uh go through a process of elimination his problem is of course at 14 he's not as active as he used to be uh, but just standing there he will start panting like he's out of breath, like he just got done running. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he lays down, he quits. So I didn't know if it was his hind legs hurting him that was causing him to pant. Or anything else I could come up with was something like uh, congestive heart failure or something like that. And is he doing any coughing or labored breathing, anything like that? Nope. Okay, he's eating good, all that that stuff, huh? Oh, yeah, he eats like a pig. Okay, and when he lies down and gets up, does he pop right up? Would you say on a uh, with a one one to two second delay, or is it something that takes a little bit of time? Uh, if he knows he has to move, he can get up very quickly. I've already let him outside a couple weeks ago, and he took off like a two year old puppy after a deer. <laughs> so he can still move. Uh, he's not real slow in getting up a little bit i mean you can see that like okay i'm getting old and you know i'm going to take my time doing this but he Mm -hmm. can still move okay and does he have any kind of problems where he's having any house soiling problems or does he seem confused in the home at all like where he's at no 
Okay. Well, he sounds like he's a very uh, good-moving 14-year-old. And I think the big thing when I hear of um, panting, it can be one of those kind of nondescript signs that can mean a lot of things. So you're right to be worried about things like heart or respiratory problems. But I really got to wonder in a 14-year-old dog, especially a larger breed dog where we do expect some hip problems and maybe some arthritic problems, that I think we very likely could be missing the ball when it comes to his pain relief. Um, aspirin, and I kind of cut you off a little bit earlier, aspirin is, it's a wonder drug for the heart for humans, but it's really not the best thing we can offer our dogs for pain control. And there's a lot of different things out there, but for dogs with arthritis, whether they're diagnosed or we're just seeing some aches and pains, I do like to put them on a couple things. One is glucosamine, a good joint supplement, and it's something I give to them if they're a senior, even if they're not showing signs of uh, crying, limping, uh, things like that, because we know arthritis happens in old people, but it happens in old dogs. So why not treat for something we presume could be there? The other thing I would do is I would try to get away from aspirin just because there are dogs that not only are they sensitive to it and they can have micro ulcers and they can have low-grade GI bleeds, but it doesn't always do the best job when it comes to arthritic pain. So I would suggest that we go to a different non-steroidal medication. And there are some fabulous ones out there. You'll have to work with your veterinarian on this. But um, I do like some called uh, Prevacox, and that's one that's a once-a-day non-steroidal we use for arthritic pets. It works wonderfully. There are other ones, Rimadyl, Deramax. It's really a matter of what works for you or for your veterinarian. Um, but I would suggest to try to get him on something like that. Give it a try for a couple weeks and see if we see a difference in some of his comfort because lacking the ability to lie down can sometimes mean that they're in pain um, just as we can expect we'd want to hear crying or whining dogs with arthritis will not do that so we have to look kind of around that panting um, having troubles getting up and down from a lying position those are signs they're in pain so I would definitely encourage it let's step up our game with that um, arthritis control because obviously you are doing something super to keep this guy moving for as long as you have so um, maybe just look into some new things and I think we can help your old fella and let's see if we can get around to 15 or 16 here so keep up the good work this is Dr. Debbie give us a call we're at 1-866-405-8405 you're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1 866 405 8405. And now, an Animal Radio news brief. A New Jersey man's out a couple hundred bucks after pleading guilty to feeding a few cats, according to the Burlington County Times. Harry Heck was accused of leaving cat food on private properties belonging to local city officials to attract some of the feral cats that he and other Burlington residents called a public nuisance. Heck says he was trying to show the officials what the neighborhood is going through, but a judge called Heck's actions disgraceful, and he was slapped with a $250 fine as well as some court fees. Well, you know how pets relieve stress. There's a new cafe in Paris. They're offering people a dose of stress relief with their coffee and croissants. It's called the Cat Cafe. They've got a dozen resident cats that provide what could be called purr therapy. The manager there says a cat's purring has been shown to help relieve arthritis, rheumatism, and lower blood pressure as well as heart rate. So many people showed up for their recent opening, about 300 people had to be turned away. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at animalradio.pet. This is Animal Radio, baby.
Something Worth Saving by Sandy Ward is a touching and funny exploration of family life as told by a highly perceptive and outspoken narrator named Lily, who happens to be a cat. Lily is a fiercely loyal friend to her human, so when things start happening in her family, she's ready to step up and prove that she may be tiny, but she's also mighty. Something Worth Saving will make you a believer in the deep connection between humans and their furry friends. Pick up a copy of Something Worth Saving today everywhere books are sold and visit sandywardbooks.com for more info celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring veterinarian dr debbie white groomer joey villani news director Lori brooks and now from the red barn studios here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis okay we just turn the music down a little bit so that listeners can hear this this is a uh, this is diesel that you're listening to right now in the background diesel is a snore big time snorer and one of many pugs, no. I'm sorry, bulldogs that uh, Lori has. Lori rescues bulldogs. She has an affinity for the breed, don't you? Yeah, they kind of suck you in. Yeah. They're, um, yeah, okay, yeah, they're just, I'm a sucker for any needy dog or medically needy dog, any hospice dog, yeah. any um, senior dog. I, You know, how can you refuse? It really can't. And what a cute little face Diesel has, too. I mean, just... Look at that little as he's sleeping, just doesn't know he's snoring away like that. He doesn't know he's making national radio news right now. (laughs) Can we roll him over? That's my boy. (laughs) Uh, So grab your pets, bring them around the radio, even the snoring ones. We'd love to talk to you. The number is 1-866-405-8405. And uh, Dr. Debbie is here to answer your vet medical questions. And Joey Volani with your grooming questions. And we'll go to the phones in just a couple of seconds. Before the end of the show today, we're going to talk to Kelly Matthews. And she has founded a company called Critter Cops. And she finds lost and stolen pets. Big deal. It is a big deal. I'm telling you. How did you get an interview with her? Yeah, I know. Here's the deal is she didn't want to do an interview. She usually doesn't do interviews. In fact, I think this is her first one, Judy. Judy? Yes, it is. It's her first interview because she fears for her life and her pet's lives. Apparently, she's broken up several pet theft rings. You don't want to mess with the people that run these pet theft rings. I'll tell you that right now. No, they're bad guys. They are bad people. Uh, But she decided that she will do her first interview with us today in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on in the newsroom? Well, there's 193 different breeds of dogs. Well, that's according to the AKC, the American Kennel Club. And I, I love lists. And they are out now with last year's list of the uh, most popular dog breeds in America. And I'm going to share it with you. Uh-huh. Are there any changes to the list? <laughs> are you surprised? There's no change in the number one. Okay. Number one remains the same for the last 28 years, but I, <laughs> I can give you the rest of the list. I'll give you the whole top 10. Okay. That's in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to the phones. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm just doing uh, wonderful here today in uh, Dunnigan, California, headed north to uh, the Seattle area in my semi. That must be uh, Northern California, Yes. Yes, it is, north of Sacramento. Okay. What's going on? you travel with your dog? I do. I do a lot of Western uh, uh, traveling, and I was just in the back of my mind. She loves to run out and uh, little German Shepherd and chase rabbits and, and just range around and meet people. But I was worried about rattlesnakes, and in some remote areas, if she was ever bitten, 
what would I do? Is there anything I can carry with me uh, other than a snake bite kit, or is there venom that's in on venom? Yeah, good questions there, Tom. And, you know, I come from the heart of the snake world, too, in Las Vegas. So, you know, it's a real, very real concern, especially if you've got an investigational little uh, dog there um, who chases critters. So, you know, the big thing is that with snake bites, um, it, every snake bite is a medical emergency. And I never ever recommend uh, a pet owner to treat this on their own. The most important thing is to get to the vet as soon as you can. Um, snake bite kits really aren't going to be very useful because some of the old wives' tales that we've, we've been taught through the years are completely wrong, and we don't want to do those things. So you don't want to cut a snake bite, suck the venom out. You don't want to put a tourniquet on or even ice packs. That can make the effects of the venom much more severe in the area where the pet's bitten. So the, okay. the best strategies that I recommend if a pet is bitten is basically keep them calm, and we try to make sure that the area that has the bite is lower than the level of the heart. So we just don't want to hurry that venom to through the rest of the body. And, but really, getting to the veterinarian is very critical. Now, treatment for snake bites is, is, is controversial. Um, venom is available, but I'll tell you, it can cost several hundred to even a thousand dollars or more to just get the venom into some dogs. Um, it's a very costly product, so... Um, that may or may not be available. So most pet owners don't carry it. Most veterinary clinics in some areas don't even stock it. They will get it from a central supply. Um, so probably uh, just now the good prevention thing I would say is if you are in snake bite area, snake aversion training or snake avoidance training is key. That would be the one thing preventative I can recommend to anybody who is concerned about the incidence of snake bites. Um, basically, with that, um, you would need to see an appropriate trainer. And th through the use of electrical, those shock collars, they basically train the dogs that the sight, the smell of a snake is of concern. So they, they basically train them that don't get near these things in the first place. And that's one of the best ways that we can prevent snake bites. Right, and I guess keep her on a leash in that kind of country. And she's a she's a pretty smart dog, as they say, until her nose hits the ground, and then she gets dumber than a fence post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, I've had my dogs come up against uh, dead rattlesnakes, and um, so you know, it was a little frightening at the time. Um, but it is something to always kind of take that opportunity to work on those basic obedience commands. If you do encounter something, you don't want them to to come across in the future, whether it be a porcupine or a, a skunk or a rattlesnake or what have you. Now, some folks might talk to you about um, there is actually a rattlesnake vaccine that some folks use. Um, it's a little controversial, but that might be something you can talk to the veterinarians in the areas you're going, whether that's something they uh, recommend or not. It's just not completely uh, proven whether or not it helps survivability with snake bites. Um, so for me, I really say the heart of it is, um, you know, the aversion training to snakes and keeping your okay. pet, uh, you know, under control at all times. What kind of timeline would you be talking about once this uh, animal's bitten? Before you get to a vet, is it like 45 minutes? Uh, you get past well, an hour and it's going too late? 
Well, time is really of the essence. So as soon as possible, um, we know that the effects of the venom right away will start to cause shock-like signs within just a matter of, um, you know, a, min- a couple minutes to even a half hour. Um, the long-term effects we can have the potential for infection. Um, a lot of snake bites, they will get infected. There's a lot of pain, uh, tissue descri- destruction that kind of comes on after the effects. But so you, that initial shock really needs to be you, dealt with. You don't want to stop for a double western. You really want to go directly to the vet would be my uh, suggestion there i appreciate your call it's a good question not a lot of people ask that or know that this time of year it's a big deal with all the snakes 1-866-405-8405 to connect with any one of the dream team which one are we going to line one hi Lori. how are you hi doing fine how are you good where are you today i'm in indiana how can we help you uh, I am a uh, large dog uh, Malamute, and his mother was a registered lab. And uh, I noticed a uh, knot on the back of his neck a few months ago, and he's been having goobers in his eyes that look like blood, and he's been slobbering a lot. And I'm wondering if that's, you know, if I should really be worried about it. Okay. Is it is the slobbering, is the drool in one-sided, or is it just kind of all all out of the mouth all over uh i think it's just one-sided i'm not for sure about i'm okay. pretty sure it's just one-sided though i've noticed stain on the cover on his bed okay and is he rubbing yeah. at his eyes or his face at all are you seeing him no. bother with that no okay but when i when i clean his eyes it it definitely looks like blood okay well, and, you know, dogs do have some pigment changes to their tears in their eye, into their saliva. And there's kind of a natural brown color that can come from the tears in the saliva. And, in fact, if you ever notice a dog that licks their feet a lot, you see kind of a brown staining, kind of like a rust staining of the fur. So some of that could fall into that category. I'm a little bit concerned because you mentioned some of that drooling accompanied with the eye discharge. And um, I guess the first thing I would consider would be the possibility that something inside the mouth, inside the oral cavity, that that could be causing some problems there. Um, something as simple as a bad tooth or an infected root on a tooth can cause problems in the eye on that same side. And believe it or not, a lot of times we'll diagnose a, a bad tooth by a pet that has a sore right below the eye and uh, or excessive discharge from the eye. So that would be something I would certainly do. I would lift up your pet's lip, look in the mouth, and, you know, certainly, you know, at a pet that age, I would get them to a vet just so we can have a good checkup um, from the head to the toe. Um, but that would definitely be something that I could explain some of those signs. Otherwise, you know, there are some basic eye infections, some conjunctivitis problems where we need to get a pet on antibiotics. And uh, they can actually have sometimes a bloody discharge from the eyes. So um, that too, you know, I'd like to look through the microphone, but I don't know that I can see all the way to Indiana. And, and by the way, hey, hey, uh, you know, I'm a uh, Hammond, Indiana oh, resident yeah. originally. <laughs> Got to put my little shout out there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I would certainly say, you know, looking at those eyes and potentially treating any infection that's there and, and getting a good look inside that mouth. So uh, I would certainly say, uh, you know, get your get your vet a, to take a good look there. Yeah, I did make him an appointment at the vet. I took him by there uh, yesterday, but the vet was going to be out until Monday. And, yeah, uh, what is that? You know, why are all the vets in, in Las Vegas working today? 
<laughs> they didn't tell me where he was, so I don't know. He may be in Vegas. Hey, hey. <laughs> You'll never know because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Thank you That's so much true. for your call today. one 405 And this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Critter Cops. Critter Cops. There's a new way to find lost pets, and it's becoming very popular all over the USA. It's Critter Cops. You'll get huge media blasts of thousands of people about your lost pet. They also offer specialized services for stolen pets. Try the new way to find a lost pet and increase your chances of a reunion. Visit CritterCops.net. And thanks, Critter Cops, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Phones are open at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Okay, here's the number. Write it down. Put it in the most important place, just in case you need it. I don't care if you need to tattoo it to your hand, wherever. You'll have this number if you have a question for your uh, for Dr. Debbie or for Joey Volani about your pet. And we all eventually have questions about our pet. And we'll go to those phones in just a couple of seconds here at Animal Radio. We'll be talking in a few minutes about how much we spend on our food collectively as pet uh, pet lovers. Pet consumers. It's one of the biggest growing sectors in the pet industry or the pet I'm not segment. surprised, yeah. You know, these companies, they, they try to spin it and make the latest marketing, that you know, if it's either grain-free or gluten-free. <laughs> now the big trend is vegan. Vegan oh, foods on. for your pets. Oh, for well, both for dogs, you couldn't... Cats need meat, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So cats have no business going vegan. So yeah. I'm going like, to convert them back to being a carnivore. So there was a study done to find out, and they, they polled both uh, vegans, vegetarians, and uh, because there is a difference between the two, and those of us that uh, eat uh, whatever we want often. And they found out that actually... There's a good percentage of those that feed their cats vegan diets. A large percentage feeding them vegan. Now, they require meat. They require the amino acids that are in meat, and that cannot be met by feeding a vegetable product or a vegetable-based food. So cats, that's why they need to eat meat, because they will have eye problems. They'll develop heart failure if they don't receive the amino acids that are in meat. And there's no supplement for amino acids? No. Well, you you can supplement, but we're not going to meet the bodily needs. So it, we would have to be doing extensive testing to find out what we're lacking and then the daily ration that's being fed and the shortcomings. So it's, it's really not something to gamble with your cat's 
health in life because you have uh, maybe a philo- philosophical um, mindset for how you want to eat. Dogs, we can talk about it, and there are ways that they can get around and eat a vegan diet, um, a vegetarian diet. But uh, cats, it's really it's not recommended, and it's um, fraught with um, problems for kitties. Well, why do you think these companies that are branding and marketing this don't know that? Well, it's whether they know that, but it's what sells. So a lot of what we see in animal nutrition mirrors the current trends, what we see people um, choosing in their diet. So... um, you know, uh-huh. it's kind of logical that people are attracted to it because of their their interests, just as, you know, many people are into organic foods. So they may be, their first glance may be at an organic diet before they'll look at another diet if that's important to them. Um, and same with the grain-free um, movement. It's, um, you know, there's only a very small select subgroup of dogs that need uh, a grain-free diet because of... Um, uh, absorptive problems in their gut. They're not like people. It's not the the majority of animals are you know gluten sensitive. Um, it's really very select populations. But they do have allergies. So most people think, oh, because gluten is a thing that all allergies are you know triggered by, and that's just not true. There are we know it's other um, food proteins that actually trigger allergies far more than uh, wheat does. Mm. So I guess they're going to be targeting my cat and dog on the keto diet next. The keto food. Yeah, <laughs> keto food. It's going to be keto yeah. food. Oh, no. All right, I have a problem if you're giving bacon to your dog and cat, so, you know, I'm going to give you a little trouble with that. <laughs> oh, Lori, what are you working on for the news at the bottom of the hour here? Well, like you were talking about, a record-breaking year for the pet industry this year. So we'll tell you, uh, you know, figures, how much, and, you know, what's hot and, and what's not, because there are actually a couple of categories within the pet industry that are declining. We're not spending as much money on. Hmm. Really? Okay. I cannot Mm -hmm. wait to hear that. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Embrace Pet Insurance, providing nose-to-tail accident and illness coverage for your dog or cat. It can be customized to fit your budget and needs. Simply take your dog or cat to any vet, submit a claim form, and get reimbursed quickly. If you want to learn more, head on over to EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a quote. And thanks, Embrace, for underwriting Animal Radio. Uh, Let's go to which one, Judy? Line three? Can we do no, that? No, we're going to go to one. One. Okay. She she overruled me. I'm yes, sorry, line three. Hold on a second. Let's go to one. Hey, how you doing today? Good. How you doing? So far, so good, but it's still early. Uh, <laughs> who is this? <laughs> uh, this is Bill. Hey, Bill. I've talked, to, I've talked to you guys before. As a matter of fact, I think I'm, I, I mean, I know I'm the one that gave you the uh, thumb cure for your uh, sore throat. Oh, I use it all the time now, yeah. and I've passed it on. Thank you so much for that information. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. I never get a sore throat now at all. I haven't had a sore throat in probably 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's improved my sex life, too. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, How are you using this? <laughs> and, any other tips you have, you just bring them on, Bob, but Bill. <laughs> Bill, yeah, Bill. Um, well, I got a little story to tell. My wife and I were dog groomers um, before I became a truck driver, and she still grooms dogs at an animal hospital down there in Florida. Uh-huh. But um, we had this one customer who had a, a Shizu. And he had his dog uh, neutered. Him and his wife, had, or girlfriend, had the dog neutered. Uh-huh. Well, they felt that the dog was rather embarrassed about this. Sure, sure. So, well, they had us leave a tuft of hair back there where his testicles were. <laughs> and, and they had it. And each time they had it groomed, they didn't want us to touch it. They wanted to get bigger and bigger. <laughs> uh, just to, just to cover up that area there. Well, you know they have what they call nudicles. Have you ever heard of nudicles, Bill? Yeah. 
Yes, I have. I have. It, uh, implants. Yeah. yeah. Testicular <laughs> implants, fake, fake implants uh, for uh, those that might be a little, uh, you know, well, conscious about yeah, that. Yeah, well, I like the hair well, thing. Let's not go do surgery. I like the hair. <laughs> Nobody yeah, can that, that's too much surgery. That, that's too much. that would be worse than uh, um, declawing a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you know, I guess that's another solution if you're one of those people that uh, doesn't want to get your animal neutered simply because... They won't look macho anymore. They won't have those things dangling there. Yeah. yeah, you can oh, cover it up with hair. It, I kind of think it was an owner problem instead of a dog it, problem. It, it usually <laughs> is. <Yeah>. Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. The Cadillac CT5 sedan was revealed on social media this month and bucks the SUV trend. Cadillac is committed to sedans despite the growing consumer preference for SUVs and pickups. Cadillac is bringing two new sedans to market. The CT5 just revealed will be followed by the CT4 later this year and will land in Cadillac showrooms in 2020. The CT5 will make its public debut at the New York International Auto Show in April. To see the latest reveals, go to OurAutoExpert.com. Our Auto Expert is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices every day. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, when it comes to providing everything, you know, food, health care, all the necessities and things that our pets need, we apparently are not skimping at all. A new analysis shows that Americans, all of us collectively, spent $3 billion more on our pets last year in 2018 than we did in 2017. The American Pet Products Association does this annual report every year, and this year's for last year shows that pet lovers in the U.S. spent $72.5 billion on their pets, and that's up 4% from the year before. So if you're an investor, you know, it's better than the year before, right? Mm -hmm. Up 4%, not a bad return. That's a lot of money. um, That is a lot of money. Yeah, it is. That's a lot of money. It's a a huge industry, and it keeps growing. I bet you're not going to be surprised, though, that the food category easily tops the list of expenses. That's what we spend the most on when it comes to our pets. In fact, it was more than $30 billion on all kinds of food, from kibble to specialty foods. And the report also cited rising prices and the sale of higher priced foods, you know, like the more personalized diets and fresh foods with quality ingredients rather than um, simply more food being purchased as the reason that we spent more. Now, the second biggest expenditure behind food for pet parents was veterinary care at a little more than $18 billion. Now, that's a bigger increase, about 6% over 2017. So according to this report, it's not the cost of health care. This is interesting. That accounts for the increase overall. So not when we go to the vet, our bills are bigger. What they're saying is that the overall cost of pet health care has dropped, which makes it more accessible to everybody. And so more people can afford to take their animal to the vet. Okay. Interesting. So uh, the only two categories also that showed a decline in expenditures uh, were purchased pets and so-called other services. Now, that includes uh, grooming, boarding, walking, training, pet sitting, and all of that. They say millennials are more likely to adopt, and in fact, they are three times more likely to shop at independent pet stores than to 
walk into a big store like Petco or PetSmart, <laughs> and that baby boomers and Gen Xers, they are more prone to go to a breeder to get a dog. So, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Drum roll, maybe. Of the more than 193 dog breeds recognized by the AKC, the most popular breed of dog in the United States is, for the 28th year in a row, (laughs) you know, the Labrador Retriever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 28 years. Isn't, like, the the top 10 list, isn't, like, nine of them the same as last year? And maybe even the um, year before. No, I think it was said that Rottweilers um, moved up into the top ten this year. Okay, and they were kind of surprised by that because they're a working breed, and that was kind of unusual. But after Labs on the list, the top five breeds nationwide are German Shepherds, Golden Retrievers, French Bulldogs, and then English Bulldogs, and then rounding out the top ten at number six, Beagles, then Poodles, Rottweilers. German short-haired pointers, and at number 10, Yorkshire Terriers. And the least popular, and that's probably the wrong way to say it. They also said rare, but I didn't want to, you know, say it's a rare dog and then people run out and buy one. But those with uh, the least amount of AKC registrations right now is a new dog that was only recognized about three years ago, the Sluji. The Sluji. And it re- that sounds like dessert, like an Italian restaurant. It's like I'll, I'll have, have all the tiramisu and the sluji. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Lori Brooks. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to point out that this is the AKC's list. And really, wouldn't the right. most popular breed be a mutt, which is not really a breed? But, I mean, if you really did the, the got down to counting how many there were, would it be the mutt that you would find? I believe you're absolutely correct, Hal. And I was, in fact, shocked when I, I read this is that they only registered 588,000-some-odd dogs in 2018. And they say that registrations are going up every year. But I thought, that didn't seem like a lot. I mean, I expected millions. Sure. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that is. That's the AKC's take on a popularity, breed popularity. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Absolutely. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime. It's always available at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. The snoring in today's show is brought to you by Diesel. (laughs) Sorry, I can't help it. Oh, what a doll cake, Diesel. You have to deal with snoring all the time, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's a a fixture with bulldogs. Constant. If they're sleeping. How many bulldogs do you have at home now? Two right now. I I think we have a foster. Yeah, um, another foster coming in a couple weeks. So you could have had that Ferrari, right, instead of dogs? (laughs) (laughs) It's not as bad as horses, but yes. In my my house, if you look around, somebody was saying about how much dog stuff they have. And I've thought that for many years is like every cupboard. And when we moved the last time, I said, okay, this cupboard is for dog stuff. This closet and everything, really, I would say about 70% of the house is dog stuff. 
We live in a doghouse. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. That's the way we roll here at Animal Radio, most of us. We have hair in our food right. all the time. If, in fact, if there's a meal that doesn't have hair in my food, then I, I complain now. now you're I not feel eating. like I've been gypped. You're not eating here if there isn't. Uh, okay, so our next guest, this is exciting. Kelly Matthews is joining us from, uh, I'm not even sure where she is right now, some super secret hidden location. And she has a company called Critter Cops, and they help you find lost pets. And we welcome her to the show. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? Hi, good. How are you? Very good. Before we talk about your business, I want to talk a little bit about you, okay? I came to you and I asked for an interview, and you, you told me that generally... You let your marketing manager do your interviews. And and I asked yeah. why. And you said, well, revealing your identity makes you a target for dog theft rings because you've helped break up the rings in the past, I guess, through your stolen pet service. Is this <laughs> right so far? Yeah, yeah. We, um, we occasionally do get uh, threats, unfortunately, because um, it's... It, it's a very, very big market. I don't think people realise um, it's big money in, in dog theft. Um, we are trying our hardest to become huge advocates for um, breaking these, these theft rings up. Um, and, yeah, obviously that's um, going to make us a little bit of a target. So <laughs> I do tend to keep under the radar. <laughs> so why have you chosen Animal Radio to be the first to reveal yourself? Um, I've had um, radio stations in the past wanting to do interviews, but um, it's, like I said, it's something I've avoided because um, I just wanted to protect my family. But um, being that it's animal radio, it's, um, you know, feels like, I mean, it's something I've thought about for a while. I don't, I don't really like living my life in, in complete privacy. And um, I think if I'm going to... Uh, show the world who I am, then I, I would rather do it with, um, you know, pet lovers and people, you know, that respect what I'm doing and um, rather than, you know, some of the other radio stations where it's it's just a story for them. So, um, yeah, I appreciate what you guys do. and <laughs> We feel very honoured yes, that you're doing this. <laughs> Uh, so now your company is called Critter Cops, and you look for lost pets using, uh, I, I think, social media and online uh, resources. Is that correct? Yeah, we do. Uh, we have services for lost pets and for stolen pets. So the, the lost pet services are um, yeah, mainly social media advertising, and also we have a team of 130 people that jump online and do a lot of online searches for people as well to try and find uh, matches for their, um, you know, for found listings for their dogs and cats. Um, and then we've got our stolen pet service, which is uh, a lot more involved. Well, now, well. I understand you have two services here. My dog goes missing. How do I know if it's lost or stolen? How do I know which service to look for at your, your at Critter Cops? Yeah, we get that question a lot. Um, obviously, unless you actually witness the theft, it's, it is sometimes hard to tell, but there are quite a few indicators. There are things that make your dog or cat more likely to be stolen. So, for example, if they're a purebred, you know, they're, they're going to have a high value. So that's always one indicator. 
If your dog is young, that also makes them, you know, sometimes a better target. And also if they can still have puppies. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then I want to find out more. Judy has questions. We all have questions, so many questions. We are with (laughs) Kelly Matthews. CritterCops.net is the website. CritterCops.net. She helps you find your lost or stolen pet, and we'll be right back. That's my dog, Annie. She's healthy now, but recently she broke her leg and I had to rush her to the vet. Thankfully, she's protected by Embrace Pet Insurance. They covered her surgery and reimbursed the claim quickly. Embrace offers one simple plan for unexpected accidents and illnesses that you can personalize to fit your budget. To learn more, visit EmbracePetInsurance.com to get a free quote. Policies underwritten by a licensed insurer of American Modern Insurance Group. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Visit EmbracePetInsurance.com for coverage details. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. on Animal Radio. Live simply so that others may simply live. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet. We are with Kelly Matthews. She is the founder of CritterCops.net. And this is her first radio interview because she's, uh, she's protected herself from bad guys who run pet thieving rings or pet theft rings. Jeez. Yeah, that's a thing. Really, I, it's hard to believe. Uh, and, and you had so many questions here. Go ahead, Judy. Yeah, what yeah did I had you... a question. If my pet is stolen and relocated far, far away, do you just search certain areas? Is, is this nationwide, worldwide? How far does this search go? Um, it's a nationwide search, so uh, and it has to be. Um, people, you know, it, over 2 million animals are stolen every year and people don't realise how big this is. Um, so when your dog or cat or anything else, really, we've had horses, lots of different things, um, when they're stolen, um, it, it's really important to increase the radius of your search as much as you can because it's very unlikely that they're going to um, still have the pet very close by. Um, so, yeah, we do a nationwide um, search for, you know, any animal remotely resembling resembling your pet. Okay, so I go over to CritterCops.net and I see you have a couple of options. Are these things that we want to do before our pet is lost or when our pet is lost? Uh, when they're lost. When they're so, lost. Yeah, these, yes. Yep, so the, the couple of options you see on the front, that's the lost pet. And then, um, yeah, we have the stolen pet option. Okay, so tell us about option one. What, what comes with option one? So op- option one is for lost pets. That's for um, it's a team of 130 people that will, you will send the, a photo and a description of your pet and they will jump online and... Uh, start searching for, because obviously, you know, there's a lot of people that find pets and they post them on Facebook, they post them on uh, USA, it's uh, Craigslist, I think, places like that. Um, and it, it can be incredibly difficult to, to try and search those every day, all day, um, and try and keep up with all of that, especially if you're, you know, working and busy. So we have a team of people that, that jump online and, um, and do all those searches for you mm. for 30 days. Okay, and so it makes sense to really collect a picture and a description right now so that if and when this time comes, we can submit those pictures directly to you. We don't have to go scouring for pictures when we're, 
you know, busy going, checking yeah. the shelters and doing all of that other stuff when our, when our it's pets. It's just are. like yeah. children. It right? is just like children. Yeah. <laughs> You should always have a, a, a picture? Current, current, photo current picture of okay. your right. animal. I guess I do on my phones. Yeah, we have current pictures. We take them every day. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so what's option number two? Option two is the social media option. So that's where we do Facebook advertising. So uh, we have a team that uh, configures Facebook ads that will appear on people's private Facebook walls, that, and that will go within a 10-mile radius. Um, of the last known location of the lost pet. And it's a really important service because, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, even if they're driving around and they see a dog wandering around the street, and I hate to say this, but unfortunately not everyone is that interested. Not everyone is going to uh, remember that dog and go home and search Facebook for hours trying to find the owner's details and say, hey, I've seen your dog today on the way to work um, so what this does is it prompts them to remember so you know not everyone looks at those Facebook pages but they uh, most people are on Facebook so when they get home and they're just scrolling through their own news feed and they see the ads pop up for this dog it prompts them to remember and all they literally have to do is is press a button to say hey yes I've seen this dog today so it's a great way to generate sightings do you use any kind of facial recognition to go through the hundreds of thousands of lost animals to find any kind yeah. of matches? <laughs> um, it is something that they're doing um, in the UK at the moment, and, and we are looking into it. Um, at the moment, uh, it is why we have 130 people doing it, because it is a, a grueling task, but um, it's not something that our service does at the moment. <laughs> it sounds like technology is definitely changing the horizon of finding lost pets. Yes, Cer- I think certainly. that's great. It is, and it's making it harder for thieves as well because, um, you know, we, we try and make the dogs famous, basically, and um, it causes the thieves to panic, and a lot of the time they simply just release them. Are there any particular stories that come to mind? Yeah, well, we, we had a, a really funny one in, in Queensland here in Australia um, where it was actually um, a couple had both of the dogs stolen um, and I, I would assume it was for fighting purposes, actually, because they were they were large, large muscly dogs. And um, yeah, they contacted us, and we started doing some some advertising. And we do a lot of things for stolen pet services. Quite involved, but um, it went quite viral. And um, obviously, they panicked, and they returned the dogs to the owner. And literally um, gave us, you know, they walked straight up to the door, handed the the dogs back and gave a hilarious story of um, that they had a pet sitting business and they they just picked up the wrong dogs and they Uh made a mistake. Whoops. (laughs) Okay, it's CritterCops.net, the website CritterCops.net. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.pet. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Okay, it's time for us to get on. I guess I should whisper. It's time for us to get on out of here. I don't want to wait. Don't wait. Let sleeping dogs lie. (laughs) And those dogs that are awake in the studio will take you for a walk right now. Thanks for joining us today. If you need your fix during the week, visit us over at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Be very, very quiet. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.